Welcome to I Am Divine, mastering your intuition with psychic mediums and spiritual psychology coaches and science of mind practitioners, Paula Hunter and Kim Garden. This is Paula Hunter. And this is Kim Garden. And welcome to another episode of I Am Divine, a spiritual podcast where you will discover your psychic potential within by learning skill sets that develop and master your spiritual gifts. We will teach you about universal truths that will empower you to manifest a life you truly desire. We are here to remind you who you are, the powerful badass that you are, the divine I am. Hello and welcome. In today's episode, we will be discussing the clairs. The language of spirit is how I like to refer to it. The sensations, the feelings, the knowings, all of the beautiful ways that spirit communicates with us that sometimes we don't often realize is spirit trying to deliver their wisdom to us. Paula, I I know that we've talked many times about Claire's, which ones we use are very prominent. I know some of them are more prominent than others. For some people, I am the same way. What are your Claire's, Paula, that you use? clairvoyant so I can have imagery within my head. Obviously as a channel, I hear, and we'll talk about what all of these are. I can smell things. I can taste things. And of course that good old empath feeling the emotional aspect, very good at picking up on the emotion. So it is quite a variety. I can almost say that I don't think there's a clear that I don't actually use at one point or another. For me, it's just some clairs are much stronger and easier for me to access and use maybe than others that I don't use as much. You know, you talk about psychometry. I was really good at doing that too, because of the emotional, what we can pick up. So mm-hmm. how about yourself? Claire audience is my main clair that I use. I hear spirit and then clairsentience as well. I have a lot of feelings that come through clairvoyance, being able to see, I would say those are my main ones like you. Some of the other ones come in now and then, but I don't really I don't know. I don't use them as much. I don't focus on them as much, but they are still there. I've had times where I've smelled things and tasted uh, things as well. Um, And of course, you know, having that empathy and feeling those emotions is, uh, I think, quite prominent in a lot of people who do this kind of work as well. So, but let's, let's get into the clairs because a lot of people don't really understand what they are. And I think they might be really surprised by them. So when it comes to clairvoyance, Clairvoyance is the clear sense of vision. So psychic sight, I refer to it often as my mind's eye, seeing things come in as a vision. The way I sometimes will work with people is like, if you're trying to understand what exactly clairvoyance is, if you could imagine yourself sitting at your kitchen table, eating breakfast or having your coffee, you can see that image in your mind. And that's clairvoyance. Would you describe it the same way, Paula? Yeah, I think it's as soon as you said that they, the guides actually keep me into the imagination and how we can use our imagination. We can create these beautiful images or pictures, or maybe you have a memory about something that you've experienced in the past and you can literally see that person sitting across the table from you or remember something. So to me, it is that inner sight, as we said, and I'm similar to you, Kim, where I will sit with my eyes closed at times because that helps me to key into that sense stronger. And I can see that picture. Maybe it's the picture of spirit, what they look like. Maybe all of a sudden I'm going to see a woman there and her hair is short 
and she wears glasses or she's, you know, she's heavier set. These are ways for me that I get a lot of what I call spirit connections because they will clairvoyantly give me imagery. Maybe it's a truck, maybe it's a baseball cap, you know, all these things. So that's a big one for me connecting in with spirit is learning to trust that imagery that's coming into your mind. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I know when I was trained as well, we were, we focused on the imagery and being able to bring that imagery even closer. So you could get down to those little details, right? So if you're seeing like a forest, maybe you need to zoom in on the forest to notice the deer in the background, you know, and, and that would have some kind of significance. So it really is allowing your mind to explore and be open to the images coming through. I also know when I first started to seeing color, Colors is also a form of clairvoyance because you're, again, you're witnessing something in your mind. And I remember I used to brush that off. I know I am truly connected with spirit when my eyes are closed and I'm just getting those beautiful swirls of purple. That is like my validation that I am in flow. I know. So I don't know if a lot of people understand that colors are also, if you can see them in your mind is clairvoyance as well. Yeah. Very great. I mean, you can get into researching information on what different colors represent as well. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest part is learning to trust it. As you said, when we start, sometimes we push it aside. We don't think there's validity in it. And it's so important to trust every little piece of the puzzle that you're getting. Even if you are in your mind, which we call the ego saying, oh, that can't be something. This is just me, Mm -hmm. right? Let it go. This is why the journal sitting beside you while you're doing this work is great because you can document it. You can put it down and that creates validation. So, so important with any of this work because it begins to establish your trust in what you're doing. It's almost like the image that came to me is like, I can't remember the right term, but you know, those books where you're learning a language and you have to have, there's the word, but then there's the description or I guess not, not the dictionary. It's like when you're learning a different language, but it gives you the different description. And that's what it is. Like you said, with that journal, it's a catalog of how spirits communicating with you. So if you receive a message or not even a message, but an image, write it down and, and keep track of those things. It will be important eventually. Very much so. Mm. So let's go to one of the other Claire's. Next Claire I'm going to bring up is Claire Gustians. And Claire Gustians is a clear sense of taste. And I think a lot of people wouldn't think that that would be something that they might receive as part of a reading. It's something I get on occasion. It's definitely not something I get in every single session. But I used to do paranormal investigation and go in and research homes and basically investigate. And I know that there's been a number of occasions at that time where I did get that taste sensations coming forward. I don't don't say unfortunately, but in those cases, it was the metallic taste of blood was Mm. something I was getting. And usually these are things that tells me something happened in this location where it was traumatic. We have, if you will, the blood was there. I've gotten in sessions occasionally if I have spirit coming forward and they departed in a very, as I use the term traumatic way, I'll get it as well, but it's not something I get as often. How about you, Kim? I find my grandmothers, like if I'm connecting with a grandmother energy, like they will bring through their baking. That's kind of mainly what, how I receive it is, is like, "Mm, I taste butter tarts. Ooh, I taste like cake. (laughs) Like, it's like, it's like, it's delicious. (laughs) 
<laughs> but that's how, that's pretty much, I would say that is one of my things when it comes to grandparents, well, grandmothers, especially is that they will bring, especially if they were bakers, they will bring through the flavor of their baking. And I, I didn't think of that until I was sitting here. I was like, oh yeah, I guess I do use that one. <laughs> that's where those clairs come together. Maybe you're having that imagery with that taste. Yeah. Right. And that's it. And it's like, "Mm, I'm tasting butter tarts and they're like, Oh my God, she used to make the best butter tarts. And exactly. So the next clair is clair salience, clear sense of smell. And I think a lot of us have experienced this, but I think we brush it off as well, where it's like, no, I can't be imagining the but. I'm sure like I've smelled cigarette smoke when I brought through even a, I remember specifically a loved one who smoked a lot. And when you're able to bring through these scents for your clients of, you know, smelling a certain perfume or smelling uh, anything, that is a really big validation for your clients as well, because yeah, that sense of smell is it's beautiful. Yeah. Especially if they'll show me like an image of flowers and they'll get a scent of flowers. Oh, my grandmother used to love roses or my mom, you know, things like that. I think the smell, as you talked about earlier with Clairgustians, for me, I would get a lot of the smell with uh, baking and, and things like that being a clear indicator of somebody's grandmother or mother coming forward. So I get that quite frequently as well. I have to say, I'm, I don't know about you, but I am honestly thankful I have not received a smell that was not a good smell. Not that cigarette smoke is a good smell, but not one where you're like, oh my God, no. (laughs) I would totally agree with that. I don't think I've ever gotten a negative, like, oh, look, there's a skunk. You know, I've never received anything like that either. I think it is more the perfume, aftershave, smoke, flowers. Those are more the typical things that we've received. Mm -hmm. And I know for myself, sometimes I'm like, I really... I keep saying when it comes forward, a smell, especially of a flower, I'm like, sometimes I wish I was more knowledgeable when it comes to the different flowers to be able to really zone in and be like, oh, well, this is a rose. This is a lilac. But that's, again, that's just a personal thing that I would like to work on. And you know what? You bring up a huge point too. our own vocabulary, our own knowledge is so key to this because the more things that we're aware of, the more learned we are the more tools they have to give us symbology or smells or words. You know, that was one of the biggest things my guide said to me too, is learn so that you can become a much better tool for us because you'll have the vocabulary. For me, the harder points is coming more into the biology. When I start talking about something in the biology, I'm like, okay, what do I call this? Where does this come from? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's something that they want me to start working more towards. So it's, It's interesting how they will use us in our own skills, our own filters, our own perceptions of things to bring things forward as well. It's very interesting you say that because that's something I actually say to my clients as I'm starting the reading is that if there's something they aren't understanding, they need to let us know because we may be misinterpreting something. So we have all these tools to connect with spirit and, and everybody can use them, but it is literally is all about interpretation. Interpretation, And so we have to, we might have our own interpretation of a smell. And then that's where it's like, we need to come out and we need to ask the question. I guess this kind of goes back to the other podcast that we just were doing. If you have a Claire that's coming forward, it's having the confidence to say what you're feeling, like say what you're receiving 
And then if you receive a no, again, using that journal, your catalog to say, okay, I put this out, like, oh, let's use flowers. So say you use a flower as I uh, say, I'm smelling a flower and it brings on, you interpret it as a memory connected to a grandmother, but that's not necessary, but it's connected to her liking gardening. So then you'd be able to, based off the answer you receive from your client, you would be able to say, okay, when I see flowers, it's going to be my sign or symbol for gardening, not necessarily grandmother. Right. And you can ask for that too, which is, is interesting too. Mm-hmm. You can say, you know, when I get, when I see this, I want it to represent that. And they'll use those tools as well. So great, mm-hmm. great way of bringing that forward. Mm-hmm. Awesome. What's the next one? Let's talk about clear audience. So clear audience is a clear sense of hearing. I think that's probably number two on my highest. Like clairvoyant is one, uh, claircognizance is the second, because as a channel, it's all about listening. I have to put myself into an altered state and I don't hear like a big booming voice outside of myself. I hear it through my own mind, through my own brain. And I had to learn to decipher what was mine and what was theirs. Yes. And one thing I find about higher guides is a lot of times they kind of run on sentences where we put periods in places. They'll just kind of keep talking in some ways. And the other way that I started to recognize that it wasn't mine was what I call sentence structure. The way a sentence was coming forward, it's like, I wouldn't normally talk like that. That wouldn't be the lingo or how we would describe something. And by having all that experience and years doing the work, I know right away when it's theirs and when it's mine now. So that clear uh, audience for me, I had to learn to put my own biases aside and try and bring it straight forward. So I don't take it in think about it, and then interpret it. As a channel, as it's coming in, I'm sending it out. So there's no thinking involved. I'm not going to try and analyze it. I'm going to say it exactly the way that I hear it. Mm -hmm. So that's where I know that I'm really in the zone when clear audience comes forward. I agree with you where you have to really be able to distinguish between your own thought. I'm pretty sure I did some research on this when I first started and the number of people who actually, who are clairaudient, who hear spirit as a separate voice is like, I think it's like 3%. It is so minimal. It's just most of us, when we're clairaudient, it means we hear it coming in, in, in our mind as a mind thought. And so you do have to learn how to distinguish between your own thoughts and spirits. And I know for myself, I was taught through the hum test. And so I would hum or I would ask myself a question and I would hear, I would pay attention to where it would fall in my head. And I know for myself with spirit now, spirit comes behind my ears and I can hear spirit. Like it's like literally I'm locating it. It's behind my ears. And when I have a thought, it's in the front of my head. So when I first started, I remember I do a, hmm, and I'd be like, where's that coming from? And I'd be like, Oh, that's coming from the head. That's my thought. Oh, it's coming from behind here. That was spirit. And it took me a little bit to get used to it, but now there's just, there's no doubting. And it's like you said, once you really allow spirit just to flow through you 
it is, it's just an ongoing flow that you don't stop it because, you know, your thoughts, your, your ego, whatever it is, is off to the side and you're just allowing spirit to use you as a channel and let it go. And that's one thing I tell my clients too, is if I'm telling you, I love you, or if I'm using the word, I, it is not me. It is not Kim. It is your loved ones talking to you through me. I said, if if there's something that I want to say, I will do a little sidebar, like this is Kim, but then spirit, their loved ones are usually like, um, this isn't about you get the heck out. (laughs) So, but that's it is like, they will use us as a channel and just let it flow. Yeah. You actually brought up a good point, which I didn't think about earlier, but one of the things I found over the years with working with guides first and then spirit, I always found that spirit speaks in singular. I, me, whereas when I was king with high guides, they always speak in plural, we and us. Mm. Just something I want to bring up. I don't know if you've ever noticed anything like that, but I, I find that and what they've said to me is you're keying into a smaller part of a larger collective. Mm-hmm. You know, we think about, you know, Kim, the training that we've been doing about how we're all connected through the universal divine mind that just resonated when I heard that simply because of what my guides had always expressed to me. Mm -hmm. So things to be aware of sometimes, you know, it may really be helpful to help you decipher who it is you might really be connecting with. Mm -hmm. That's, that was a really great point. So that brings us to the next one, which is clairsentience, which is the clear sense of feeling, which is mostly feelings uh, in our body. We might feel an ailment in the body, whether it's the arms, the legs, something in the chest area, but then there's also clear empathy, which is the clear sense of emotional feeling. For me, Paula, I kind of mix those two together because I just call it a clear, like it's a clear sentience to me. I, I put them both together because it's still feeling, whether it's an emotional, feeling, whether it's a physical feeling, I refer to them both as clairsentience. Are you the same? Yeah. And, and I think as we'll have a discussion at some point on empaths, but as an empath, you feel everything. When I started that, I used to get physically ill off of all of the body feelings that I was picking up off of other people. I'd be riding on, uh, going to work, riding on the train. And this person over here has a headache and this person over here has a sore back. And it was actually making me ill for quite a time before I really understood what was happening because I feel that in my body. And I actually still use that one when I read for someone, because all of a sudden I might get tightness in my lungs or pain in my chest. I find it more frequently if if a soul has passed fairly recently, I can definitely get those body feelings a lot stronger. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I literally, while I'm grounding, I'll have to ask the spirit to step back a little bit because it's too overwhelming in my body. So I'll say, please step back at the moment until I get into the energy where I need to be in. And then you can step forward because sometimes I don't know about you, Kim, but they'll start showing up sometimes even the day before. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Very much so. Sometimes it's sometimes a little intrusive and it's like, whoa, 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 just wait your turn. Now's not the time. But it's interesting that you said that where you have to ask them to step back because I find, especially with seeing the clear empathy is that emotion that comes forward with certain loved ones in spirit, they can feel so overwhelming where you just want to start crying. And it is, it's like you feel that emotion and you literally want to cry yourself. Like, and I know sometimes, Sometimes for myself, 
I won't be able to speak clearly because the emotion will be so in my throat that I literally cannot, you can hear the emotion through my voice and I will have to do the same thing where it's like, can you please step back so that I can kind of compose myself and then allow you to come forward so that I can be that tool that you can use to deliver your message because otherwise I'm going to translate their emotion and, and it's not going to serve anybody. Yeah. And it's so important for people to understand that if you're feeling these overwhelming sensations, I mean, I get the emotion too. It's okay to say, please step back. We don't tell them to go away. We ask them just to take a step back so that we're not receiving maybe those energies quite as strong as what we were. So I started with the physical, but I get a lot of the emotional too, which again, has its good points and bad points. You you know, right away, whether a situation is touchy, how much emotion has been involved with this least passing too. I think you brought up a good point too, though, is what happens is when you ask them to step back, I think, especially when you're starting to connect with spirit, people get fearful that, oh my God, if I ask them to step back, they're not going to come back or I'm going to lose this ability to connect. You know, if, if the spirit shows up, you know, like you said, the day before you still have to have boundaries with spirit, you know, like you really have to set those boundaries. So to say, I'm not communicating with you right now, you know, show, show up for the reading. We'll talk then, or you know what, you're, you're too close. You're too emotional. I need you to step back for a minute, they're not going to go away. They want to communicate. Like you are that phone call. You are that tool that is giving them that conversation with their loved one. So they're not going to back up. They're going to back up out of respect, but they're going to still be there so that they can have that conversation with their loved one. Yeah. You bring up a great point because I think sometimes people are afraid to say that, that they'll go away and won't come back, but it's important. And this will be another podcast. I'm sure spirit boundaries. Yeah. Being able to set that because it's so, so, so important, or you can get information overload and meltdown. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Not literally, of course, but burnout. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So yeah. let's talk about clear cognizance. Clear cognizance is a clear sense of knowing. And you know what, I, Kim, I think this is something that pretty much everybody experiences all the time. They just go, I don't know how I know this, but there's a deeper part of ourselves that I just know it. Mm -hmm. And they may not see it as being a psychic sense, you know, but I think when we tell people that everybody's intuitive, this is a way I think that people can see that they are intuitive because I, I can't think of anyone that hasn't experienced that in some form, knowing not to do something or to do something based on a feeling that they have in their gut or something in their head, or maybe it was a dream, whatever that form of communication that has been brought forward through. I love it. I I don't know how I know it, but I just know it. And that, that literally sums up my sister. She understands spirit. She loves spirit and she wants to communicate with my mom all the time, but she's afraid. This is a big thing for her. She's like, I don't want to hear you. I don't want to see you. I don't want to feel you. I don't want any of that but I want to know you're around. And she believes that our loved ones are around, but things will happen around her. And she's like, I don't know how I know this, but she's always so accurate all the time. And I'm like, "Hmm, I know how you know it. (laughs) Right. But again, I think this goes back to reiterating that spirit will communicate with you using some or none of these clairs, the way you are best uh, willing to receive the message. And so if you are open to them all, then spirit's going to try to communicate with you through them all. But if you have, again, those boundaries of, I don't want to see you, I don't want to hear you, 
then they're going to work with you using the other clairs. And I think Claire knowing is it's, it's an easy way of, I don't know how I know it, but I know it and I trust it. Yeah. And you bring up a great point, Kim, how a lot of people when they're starting is fear. And this is why that groundwork prior to doing anything is so, so important because that gets you in the right vibration. And if you're fearful, go into yourself and say, okay, what am I really afraid of? Mm-hmm. It's so important because we cannot be in fear and do this work. Yeah. It is not of the same vibration. My guides always say there's two vibrations, love and fear. And if we are in fear, we are not in higher. And if we're not in higher, it makes it more difficult to connect with maybe the things we want to connect with. So what I found is when we talk about fear, it is through the work that we do. It's through the experience and the time that we get to practice that that fear begins to go away. There's nothing to fear, but fear itself. At the end of the day, we are creating it. So just because you may be experiencing something that may not feel normal for you, and I'm telling you, intuition is normal. It's just learning to understand it. But it's okay to say, you know what? I'm not ready right now. We don't say go away. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready. Here's that stepping back. Or ask the universe, what do I need to do to be able to be ready to step into doing this work? Whether it is for somebody else or for yourself, it comes from practice and trust. Mm-hmm. The thing that comes up when you talk about fear, though, is I'm sure it's happened to you. How many times has spirit like our loved ones come to visit you in the middle of the night and woken you up out of a deep sleep and scared the crap out of you? <laughs> you know what? For me, when we talk about boundaries, which I know we'll have conversation yes. about yes. again, I set boundaries where they know they're not allowed into my room at night. Yes. So I sleep with my door open because we have open concept and wood fireplace. And I may see them outside sometimes, but I'll just roll over and go back to sleep. You know, come visit me tomorrow. I will make that very clear. So they know because I've set the intention. I've set the boundaries to say, you're not allowed in here when I'm sleeping because same thing. I don't want to wake up and all of a sudden you're there standing next to me. Yeah, I don't want it. They follow through because I've told them what is acceptable and what isn't. Yes, I agree. I had to set some serious boundaries with my mom (laughs) in regards to showing up in the bedroom at night and just waking me up. But yeah, it's absolutely, it's, it's the boundaries. And I, I really, I'm excited to talk about that because I've got lots of stories about boundaries. It's so important for us to know, because I think when some people are opening up, that fear is there because they feel like they have no control. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's so important. I think that we educate people intention thought is energy and it is through that energy where you can go you know what not acceptable yeah or say you know what I'm going to set aside time aside where you can come and talk to me then and I think with spirit too we'll say 99% of the time it's your loved ones coming through to communicate with you they are wanting to let you know that there's validation of life on the other side that they're they're still here witnessing what's going on with you and it is just really coming from a place of love but we're the ones who, you know, we grow up watching movies where, you know, spirits are bad and, and all this stuff. And it's that gets stuck in our heads. So it's finding that balance of, I guess, you know, truth and not truth in a sense. But knowing Agreed. that it usually is just your loved ones who are just trying to say hello. Agreed. Very much so. Bring up great points. Yeah. So let's talk about that last one. Clear tangency. And that is a clear sense of touch. And I know, Kim, you said you do it. I used to do it too. This is one of the things that I used to start with. I always use the term psychometry, right? And we can talk more about that another time too, but it is 
holding or having something in your hand where you're going to get what I call vibrations. You're going to get emotions. You might get a hearing or um, an image, a color, but we're holding on to an object. And this is why some psychics may say, hey, can you bring a photo or can you bring a piece of clothing? Because that's what they're doing is they're picking up the vibrations off of an object. It's also really, really, and I say again, really, really important that if you are bringing in antiques, if you're bringing in old, you know, secondhand clothing, anything like that, that we always, always, always clear it before we bring it into our space, because those objects can hold what I call imprints of energy. Mm. And sometimes those energies are not the, the things you want to be bringing into your home. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's, it's not that it's bad. It's just a different vibration. And we w- exactly. want to be clear on that. It's just sometimes it's not in alignment with your own vibration. So why not clear the energy, let it go and replace it with your own? So how do you use uh, clear tangency, Kim? Um, I don't use it, to be honest, very much anymore. Like I said, it was one of those modalities that I really fell in love with when I first started practicing mediumship and like connecting with spirit. But I don't, I guess I'm trying to think right now if there's times when I've used it. I don't think I use it so much in sessions anymore. The way that I would use it at times is because I had the store and crystals and things, I would have people bring in things like that. Like, can you tell me about what this is? So every now and then I used to get it from that perspective. And I think I've had a few, I think I do more in-person clients probably than you, Kim. So every now and then somebody will bring in an object or something from their loved one, you know, Mm -hmm. where you can get impressions from it as well to bring forward into a a reading. Yeah. I used, I remember I used to ask my clients to do that, but like I said, I don't really rely on that anymore. I just, like I said, I really use my clear audiences is the one is my main form, but there's so much value in it. In, in being able to use it and have it there in case you do need to receive a message from it and picking up energy. It's good to know, you know, the energy, like even, I guess, you know, walking into a place when you put your hand on the door, you can tell what's going on in that home, you know, like, it's like, Ooh, is this good energy? Is this not, you know, is it, or not even good, bad, but is it, is it light? Is it heavy? I guess is the difference, right? So yeah. there's definitely definite value in, in learning how to use that one. I think that's a great tool for beginners too. Yes. To start to test, you know, what they're getting. And again, write it down. It's a great one. Like you said, using with friends or family where you can, you can practice. Yeah. And I think it brings you actually more into the, <laughs> it brings you actually into the other clairs, like the clair empathy, the clair um, sentience, because you really start to get that feeling of energy. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think, now that I think of it, it's like, you're learning by touching something, you're learning to tune into the energy that is coming off of that object, which then is actually opening up your other clairs because you're becoming more aware of the feeling of the emotion that is attached to it. So I can really see those three working really beautifully together now that I look at it this way. Hmm. Yeah, it's a great way of looking at it. Mm -hmm. This is awesome. Clairs are so important. It's just up to the individual to experiment, try different things. And we'll have some later podcasts where we're going to look at, say, Claire Tangency or some of the others give you actually tools that you can use to go and practice with it. You know, that's the most fun is when you have a way that you can stretch that muscle and begin to develop it. Very exciting. So this brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for joining us during our conversation on Claire's. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Divine. And as always, thank you so much for listening. 
So if you enjoyed our show, please rate our podcast and be sure to come back next week for our discussion around the creative process. Me and Kim are going to take some time to help you understand how you are actually creating and manifesting or we use the term out picturing things in your life, how that process works. So with that, until then, this is Paula. And this is Kim. And don't forget that you are a powerful I am divine badass. This podcast was created by Paula Hunter and Kim Garden. We welcome you to join our private Facebook group, I Am Divine, to connect with other like-minded individuals and be part of our special events that will only be found in our private community. We would love to hear your feedback on today's podcast and on any other topics that you would like to know more about. For more information about our podcast, information on Kim and Paula, our special events, spiritual coaching, training programs, or even to book a private reading with Kim or Paula, we invite you to visit our website at www.iamdivine.ca.